Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip. This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmond.edu. Welcome to Questions and Ethics with Russell Moore, where we apply the gospel of the kingdom to cultural issues and your questions about the Christian life. And now, here's your host. Hello, I'm Russell Moore, president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, and this is Questions and Ethics, the program where we take an issue that you're struggling with, something that you've uh, sent in, and we look at it through the lens of the kingdom of Christ. And today, I want to take up an issue that one of you hasn't uh, asked about, at least uh, not this time, but something that's in the news right now, and that's the question of should a Christian baker bake a wedding cake for a same-sex wedding? Now, this is very similar to a question that I addressed uh, a while back um, about uh, a Christian photographer. We had a, a Christian who is in the wedding photography business who said, look, I've been asked to, to photograph a same-sex wedding. Should I do it or not? I think it's a, it's a very similar situation in this case. And the reason why it's come up is because there was an article by Kirsten Powers in USA Today uh, this week that talked about laws in places uh, such as Tennessee and, and Kansas seeking to protect people who are not wanting to participate in same-sex weddings in terms of their religious liberty. And in the in the article, she talks about uh, such laws as being sort of like Jim Crow segregation laws for, for gay people. And she quotes Andy Stanley, pastor of North Point Church, saying, look, you need to just serve people you don't agree with and bake the cake. And if you don't want to bake the cake, don't bake the cake, but don't put Jesus in it, because Jesus, of course, was with uh, tax collectors and sinners. Look, Kirsten Powers and Andy Stanley, I know both of them. I love both of them. I respect both of them. I don't have any desire to bash them at all in this. I think they're good people, but I think I disagree with them on this. And, And here's why. Because I think if you're saying to me, First of all, let's bracket for a minute the legal reality here, because that's the question. When we're dealing with these laws in in Kansas and Tennessee and in other places, what it's attempting to do is to protect legally the religious liberty of people from having their consciences violated by the government. And that's going on in New Mexico. It's going on in Washington State. It's going on in all sorts of other places where people are saying, I can't participate in this wedding because it violates my religious beliefs and the the exercise of my religious convictions, and so somebody else should do this. And the government's coming in and saying, no, we're going to force you to do it. Let's bracket that for just just a moment. I, I think clearly we do need legal and religious liberty protections for those people. But then let's let's address the question that Kirsten and, and Andy both are saying is, is really what they're wanting to address, which is the question of whether a Christian should be a vendor, to use the language used in, in many of these articles, in such a wedding. 
So if a baker said to me, should I bake a cake for a same-sex wedding when I disagree with same-sex weddings and with homosexuality as being immoral defined by the scriptures? Here's my answer to that. I think, first of all, what I'm not saying is that vendors shouldn't be involved in same-sex weddings generally and across the board. I think if you have a—the other day is Valentine's Day. I was going to get my wife flowers. I walked into Kroger on the way home. There are flowers everywhere, every kind of flower arrangement you can have. They're selling it. I go and get those flowers, and I go through the checkout line. I don't think that the checkout person ought to be saying, now, wait a minute, who are those flowers going to? Is this an extramarital affair? Is this uh, is this a homosexual relationship? Is this going to result in fornication, or is this for your wife? No, this is this is a vendor just providing these floral arrangements. They're out there. They're generally for everybody. In the same way, if you're running a, a Chick Fil A restaurant and you have these packages of platters of food that you're selling to people, I don't think you need to go and interrogate. Wait a minute, is this for a Super Bowl party, or is this for a a, uh, a, a bachelor party for a gay wedding, or is this? I don't think there's. I don't think that you have any moral obligation to interrogate those sorts of things. You sell your stuff, and you have it already prepared. It's out there, and you're you're just providing it to people to use. I think where the difference comes in is when you have people who are being asked to become creative participants in an event that has, for Christians and for other religious uh, traditions, sacred implications. So if you have somebody who is selling material to be used for a wedding dress, well, that person isn't involved in the wedding. But somebody who is, for instance, a photographer is somebody who's participating in the wedding, somebody who is using artistic gifts in order to create a narrative about this wedding. That's something that the conscience, in the case of the person who wrote to me earlier a couple years ago about this, wouldn't allow to happen. So if you're a baker and you say, should I provide a wedding cake for this? If you have a bakery, and you just have wedding cakes that you're making. They're out there, and there are bakeries like this. People can come in, just say, I want that cake, pick it out. Well, don't interrogate. You don't need to interrogate who this is for, what they're going to use it for, because you're not you're not participating in the event. You're just selling your product to whoever is there. But a lot of cake decorators and bakers, and in fact, I would say most of them are involved instead in actually participating with the couple and trying to say, how do we... How do we tell the story of this wedding? How do we make this, this wedding unique, make this wedding beautiful? And they're putting their creative abilities and their creative talents into that uh, event and into that wedding. I, I think it would be kind of similar, if you talk about the diversity of gifts, it would be kind of similar to someone saying to me, look, I'm a liberal Episcopalian uh, pastor. I'm going to be marrying a same-sex couple, and I'd like for you to write the sermon for me. You don't need to do the wedding, but I want you just to craft a sermon for me that I would be able to preach at the same-sex wedding. Or a fundamentalist Mormon pastor saying to me, can you, can you help me to write a really beautiful wedding sermon for the, this wedding that I'm doing for this man and this woman and this woman and this woman? Uh, I would have to be able to say, you know, I, I can't do that. I can't use my creative gifts in that way in order to participate in this wedding. And I think the same thing is true here. I think, biblically speaking, the issue that is relevant 
comes down to most particularly what the Apostle Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, where there's a controversy that comes up in the church at Corinth over the question of meat offered to idols. And what does the Apostle Paul say? He says a number of things. He says, first of all, you don't need to interrogate when you're going and buying meat where this meat came from. Uh, you don't need to go in and try to find an investigator, say, well, what is this? Where Was it ever offered to, to idols? Because he says, we know that an idol is not really anything in the world anyway. But, he says, if someone says to you, come and eat this because it has been offered to idols, now you have a situation where you're participating in this can do violence perhaps to your conscience, but more importantly, it could do violence to someone else's conscience. It could become a stumbling block and a scandal to someone else. I think that's very relevant to this question of what we are to do as we're participating in something that we don't believe in. Same thing is true with Romans chapters 12 through 14, talking about the difference of levels of conscience, that people sometimes have differences about issues of conscience that aren't clearly defined in Scripture. And what does Paul say? He says, you don't bind one another's consciences, He also says that you don't judge one another's conscience, and he says someone who is sinning against his own conscience is someone who is sinning. To do anything that is not from faith, the Apostle Paul says, is sin. That's one of the reasons why I'm so concerned about the religious liberty implications here. Some people will say, well, what difference does it make? Somebody who's a florist, somebody who's a baker, it's not the same thing as requiring someone to, to actually officiate at a wedding or to, to host a wedding inside, inside a church. Yeah, but if you're coming in and saying to someone whose conscience says, my being involved in this, using these creative gifts that God has given to me in order to tell this story in this way, is something that I feel like is rebellion against God, and I'm going to have to stand before God in judgment. I do not think that the state ought to come in and pave over the conscience of that person. And frankly, I don't think that's in anybody's interest, including in the interests of gay and lesbian people, our neighbors and our friends, for a state to be powerful enough to do that. When it comes to the question of you, Baker, should you provide the cake, I think you have to ask am I simply just selling cakes to people or am I actually participating and being involved in that wedding in something that I believe, and I think the Bible does teach, isn't of the Lord. It's something we disagree with a lot of people in our culture about, but it's something that the Bible speaks to and the Bible speaks to our consciences about. So I think that in that case, when you're being asked to use your creative gifts in order to participate in something you don't believe in, I think you need to say, I can't do that you need to find somebody else who can. Having said that, as I said to the photographer, you don't be mean. Sometimes you have activists who are coming in, they're they're trying to catch you in something. A lot of times, though, that's not the case. You have people who are made in the image of God, they're loved by God, they ought to be loved by us, and they think that this is the right way for them to go. There's a way that seems right, uh, the Scripture says, to a man. They think this is going to lead them to the kind of happiness that they're looking for. We disagree with them, but that's what they think, and they're coming and and saying, we want you to participate. There's no reason for us to scowl. There's no reason for us to rage. These aren't our enemies. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I think you just need to say, 
I would love to be able to to help you in all sorts of things, but I can't in this because I have beliefs about marriage. I have beliefs about sexuality that I'm happy to talk about if you want to talk about it or not talk about if you don't want to talk about it, but they're informed by the gospel. They're informed by what Jesus says is the way that God designed the universe from the beginning and that it points to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it won't allow my conscience to participate in this way. So I thank you for asking me, but you're going to have to get someone else to participate in this wedding because I can't do it according to my conscience. And I think we need to be very diligent about making sure that we wind up with the kind of public square that allows the sort of pluralism where people can disagree on these sorts of issues without having the state coming in and saying, you can have your cake and eat it too because you have to be forced to bake uh, and to use your creative talents. You have to be forced to arrange those flowers. You have to be forced to uh, photograph. You have to be forced to write uh, the script. That's not the sort of uh, republic that many people fought and bled for. And more importantly, uh, the Scripture tells us that's not what God created in the image of God when he created the conscience to be free. What's your question? Do you have something that you're thinking about, you're wrestling with? Maybe you're reading the Bible and you've got a question about something that you're, you're reading there. Maybe you're having a conversation with a neighbor or with a family member. Or maybe there's something happening in your family or in your marriage or in your church or in your workplace and you're saying, I just can't figure out what's the right thing to do in this situation. Well, shoot me an email at questions at ERLC.com or by Twitter at the hashtag AskRDM, and we'll take up your question here on Questions and Ethics. Until next time, seek the kingdom and walk the line. This is Russell Moore. If you'd like to submit a question, email us at questions at ERLC.com. That's questions at ERLC.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, use the hashtag AskRDM. Thanks for listening to the Questions and Ethics podcast with Russell Moore. To check out future broadcasts, subscribe via iTunes or visit us on ERLC.com. This episode was brought to you in part by the Better Samaritan podcast, where Jamie Ayton and Kent Annan discuss everything from simple acts of kindness to complex humanitarian challenges with their guests. Want to learn how to faithfully do good better? Find insights at The Better Samaritan.